The contents of this podcast are provided for general information and educational purposes only and do not constitute investment, accounting, legal, tax or other professional advice. Welcome to the Money Magnet Podcast, helping you attract and keep a fortune that counts with co-hosts self-made money magnet Steve McKnight and esteemed journalist Rowan Wen. Hello and welcome to one of the most important episodes, Rowan, of the Money Magnet podcast. G'day, Steve. How are you? And what makes this episode so important? That's my question. Yes, we're going to unpack the simple secret to abundant and lasting wealth. It feels like a very spiritual moment in the course of these podcasts. Spiritual? Spiritual. (laughs) And if you don't know this or if you know it but you can't apply it, this secret, then you'll be a slave to money and you'll never be its master. Who wants to be a slave, right? Well, I don't want to be a slave. Do you want to be a slave? No, not really. Neither of us are really, to be honest, but we both work pretty hard. Well, to money, you know, like some people are slaves to money and there are more people who are slaves to it than masters of it. Now, what is the secret then? How do you not be a slave? What is the secret? Well, the secret is simple. In fact, it's kindergarten standard when you're stop and really think about it. But sadly, it's not taught in kindergarten, nor primary, and it's not even taught in high school. And it wasn't even taught in my accounting degree or in my postgraduate study either. <laughs> right, wow. And maybe it's just too basic all the way through. Mm. Yet it is the fiscal rock upon which so many are financially shipwrecked. And I call it my yes to wealth formula, which is as simple as Y minus E equals S. Y minus E equals yes. Okay. So before we unpack that, broadly speaking, how does it work? So the principle of the whole book of Money Magnet is that there's four things, mate. There's only four things you need to do to be a master of money. You need to make it, you need to manage it, you need to multiply it. And then ideally you find a way to give your money meaning by using it what we call purposefully. Right. Okay. We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. Make it, manage it, multiply, and then give it meaning. And so this whole notion of that mantra gives rise to what I call my money mantra, which is how can I make more? How can I manage better? How can I multiply faster? And how can I, and I use these words deliberately, give meaning to my money. Right. And that yes formula, Y minus E equals S, speaks to making and managing, making more, managing better, so that you've got the capital that you can multiply faster. Okay, that makes sense. So let's break it down. Let's start with why. Yep, why? Why as in the letter Y as in... Yes, not why are we doing this, but... (laughs) (laughs) The letter Y. Well, economists, God bless them, use the letter Y as the symbol to represent income. Maybe because... They don't want to write income a million times a day. They just write Y. That's W-H-Y-Y. Yeah, I got it. I, I got it. Boom, boom. For the folk at home. <laughs> <laughs> All and, right, so Y is an economic symbol. Yep. And so what's income for those who don't know it or understand it or, oh, yeah, income, but what exactly is it? The answer lies in the name, incoming, income. In- incoming. In- <sighs> income. Money. Yep, got it. And so money, often called revenue or profit, is really what you receive as a reward for your labor or your expertise or your knowledge. Like take you, for instance, you know a lot of things and people come to you for the use of your knowledge to get an outcome, right? Those poor suckers. (laughs) (laughs) And the money you get for swapping your expertise is your income, yeah? Yep. And then lastly, income is also used as the 
return on the capital that you can contribute to an enterprise when you take on a risk. Got it. So that's the why. What's the E? The E stands for expenditure yep. or expenses. And if we have incoming being your income, These your are the outgoings, right? Outgoings. Dang, I'm following along. So money is coming in, outgoings are going out. And then another way that you can understand expenditure is that it's any cost associated with earning that income. And for personal finances, we look at the cost of something being the cost of consumption. So we talk about living expenses, right? Yeah. So right now, everything is very expensive to live. Yep. And so it's the cost of consumption. How much does it cost you to live? What are your expenses to maintain your lifestyle? Yep. The dollar's going out, basically. Hmm. Got it. All right. What about the S, though? So we've got Y-E. What about the S? The S stands for surplus, the greater your income over your expenses, or it could stand for savings if you wanted to. Yep. And if your expenses are greater than your income, then S stands for shortfall. Right. So S can be a lot of things. S can be many things to many people. All right. So that sounds great, but it doesn't sound revolutionary. I mean, I do know this. And do folks not know this? <laughs> it's basic, right? I said yeah, it at the start. Yeah. It's kindergarten stuff. Yeah. So if you know it, yet you're still struggling with money and you haven't mastered money, why aren't you applying it? Yeah. Why aren't you making this work for you? And the reason I think for that is that people – it's so simple that they don't do it or they're not tracking their expenses. They're not actually having their finger on the pulse, as it were. They're judging from afar and they think they're doing okay. Not looking at their accounts, do you mean? Not, not following the money out, like counting the dollars literally? Well, financial literacy, right? We've spoken about this in prior episodes yeah. where people have never been trained on how to manage the flow and to even measure the flow. Yeah, right. And therefore they get to the end and they're like, oh, we didn't have as much as we thought, so we've got into debt somehow. And it's also very easy to live beyond your means. I know, it shouldn't be, but it is, isn't it, for people? I think it comes down to the myth of you deserve it. You work hard. Mm. And FOMO. I get that a lot these days. Oh, I don't want to miss out. You know, life's too short. It's like, yeah, but you're going to be broke. And do you think COVID maybe amplified Well, also I think COVID also I think degraded the value of money because they were giving away free, you know. But that's a whole other story. I see it with my kids. You see it with your kids that it's, why do I need to worry about saving for tomorrow when tomorrow might suck or they might not even be tomorrow? Why not just... Which kind of makes sense on one level, but you've got to, you know, plan like you're going to live forever and cherish every day. Yeah, it's hard because you're trying to say to your kids that was a pandemic. There aren't going to hopefully be any more pandemics in your lifetime. They tend to come around once every hundred years or so. Yeah. And don't see that abnormal event as the normal thing you're going to encounter Everyday life. Mind you, the media want to keep chewing on the vomit, as I say, and bringing it back up again. <laughs> chewing on the vomit, really? That's <laughs> and, a very reductive view of the media, but keep going. Well, they do. They're out there to try and talk about doom and gloom. Oh, whooping cough is the next pandemic, and every year there's a go and get your flu shot because this year's the worst year ever for flu. And Agree all- to disagree, but okay. Now, look, I guess they do want eyeballs. I get that. But, you know, they also – I'm a bit of a defender of the media. that serves a purpose too. Right. Go live in Russia and talk to me about the media not being free. Coming back to one point then, I think it's a lack of desire to want to have to measure and monitor things that people find difficult yep. or I'd even say unattractive to do it or they're like, oh, do we have to? You know, it's like the budget. Or alternatively, what happens is they don't have the discipline or they don't have a reason for going to that extra accountability. And so a fuzzy future is a lower priority than solving today's consumption needs. If you've got something that you're like, oh, I'd quite like to have that, and you don't have a reason for not having it that's greater than your reason for having it, you'll toddle off and 
buy the thing that you don't really need, but you think you'll be happier if you have. Margaret Thatcher used to call it a handbag economics, right? Where if the money wasn't a handbag, you couldn't spend it. You know, whereas now people are spending money they don't have. Whereas she would say, no, unless we've got the money in the handbag, the UK can't spend it. You know, and it was that sort of finite view of the resources that led to less spending. Maybe there needs to be some Margaret Thatcherism to some of our state and federal politicians to learn about spending money they don't have. Spending like drunken sailors they are. But anyway, but here's the trick, right? I've read your book because a lot of people have. It's a great book. And you talk about how you can't save your way to being rich, but then you're saying in this you've got to save. So how does that work? Yeah, we're going to cover that in, I think, a couple of episodes time when we look at the S part of the savings. All right. But the real takeaway here is that how many people do you know who've saved their way to financial freedom? They haven't saved their way to be rich necessarily, but you've got to save to be rich as well. You can't be spending like a drunken sailor. No, that's the point. No one I know has managed to save enough money that the interest they get on that savings is enough to live a No, you need to invest and, and play a few tricks here and there. Yeah, so you can't get rich from saving, but you'll never be rich if you don't save. Got it. Got comes it. down sense. to the notion of Y minus E equals S. If your E is always greater than your Y, you won't have S and therefore you won't get ahead. Is that why you say that savings is a store of wealth, but not a source of wealth? Oh, that's exactly right. So savings represents, for many people, future consumption. I've got $10,000 in the bank. That will buy me X, Y, and Z. In their mind, they can think about what $10,000 equals yep. and its consumption. Whereas what we want to try and do is reorientate our thinking that our savings represents capital to be deployed for investing. So our $10,000 invested at 10%, equals $1,000 a year of income I don't have to earn in my job. Yep, that makes sense. Hmm. So let's talk about what happens when you have a shortfall, because you talked about shortfalls in your book as well. Is shortfall like anti-saving? <laughs> it's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's right. anti-saving. Beautiful. So a shortfall, Rowan, is when the expenses are greater than the income, mm-hmm, and you've got to find a way to plug it. Yeah. So how do people plug it? First of all, they probably draw down on their savings. Not always, though. Some people have savings and also get into debt. Yeah. So they're borrowing money from someone else who's going to lend it to them for them to consume. And that could be credit card. That could be mum and dad. That could be out of the mortgage. Absolutely. And the point that we'll get to in another episode as well is that I want people to understand that when they get into debt, they don't just owe money, they owe time. And it's that time they owe that turns them into financial slaves. Because they've got to work tomorrow to pay for yesterday's consumption. Makes sense. And the stuff that they've bought yesterday, if it's consumed or if they have lifestyle assets, tends to be worth less over time. Totally. And therefore, if you're borrowing tomorrow's income to consume today and have nothing tomorrow or things that are worth less tomorrow, then that's a recipe for ending up in financial struggle street. So you finished chapter 15 from memory when you're talking about the fact that there are ways to increase your savings. And a lot of folk at home would be saying, well, how do you increase your savings, Steve? What's the trick? Well, the answer is in the formula, Ro, that you increase your S by having more Y or less E. Right. Or a bit of both. More income, less expenses must mean that you have greater savings. Totally. So I'll let you in on a little secret that, again, we'll cover off in a future episode is that a dollar saved is more than a dollar earned because when you earn a dollar, you have to pay tax on it. Correct. And when you save a dollar, there's no tax on it. That's right. So the fastest way to increase your savings is is not not earn more, which is what a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. It's actually to spend less. But the problem with spending less is you then have to often take a decrease to your living standard. And if people are already living beyond their means, 
And they also then have to live within their means that results in a lifestyle cut. They find it very hard. So the go-to becomes, no, we're not going back to two-ply toilet paper. What we're going to do is you're going to have to go and work harder. And the problem with working harder, it feeds into that narrative of, well, you deserve it because you work so hard. Yeah, look at my income. I should have another car. Which comes back to the notion of retail therapy, which I think is our maybe our future topic. Yeah, we're talking about that. We're also talking about that point you just made in a future episode as well, which is fantastic. But until we get to that episode, what's the take-home message today? Take-home message today is that being a better money manager and being able to create abundant and lasting wealth is simply choosing to say yes. Well, income minus expenses equals savings. I love it. And I say yes to stopping this episode right now. (laughs) See you next time, buddy. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Money Magnet podcast. If you have questions or would like to provide feedback, then please send an email to podcast at moneymagnet.au. 